Hello, I'm Camo Dedra, a screenwriter and your host for this Guru Live session, Screenwriting with Alice Birch, part of the Guru Live Online 2022 programme, a joint initiative between BAFTA Scotland and BAFTA Camry. All week, we'll be inspiring the next generation of talent with panels, masterclasses and discussions. Some housekeeping to begin with. There'll be time for a quick Q&A at the end, so do send in your questions via the Q&A function on Zoom. Closed captioning is available now. Join the conversations on socials using hashtag GuruLive. Now, I'm excited to welcome our guest to the conversation. Alice Birch's impressive body of work includes innovative and thought-provoking plays, beautiful films and award-winning must-see television. She's one of the most exciting and important writers that we have. Someone who captures the pain, love, joy, and sometimes devastation of what it means to be human. Welcome, Alice Birch. Hi. Thank Hi. You. Um, thank you for joining us, Alice. Now, you found success across three different mediums of storytelling. There's a lot to cover, but I wonder if first we could go back um, to how it started. When did you get into writing and become interested in theatre? Um, I mean, I, I consider myself very lucky. I think I always knew I wanted to be a writer. I don't think I knew that you could write, I don't think I understood that you could write scripts or like plays or films, you know, or like that what, what people said on when you turned on your telly had been written by somebody. But um, I always sort of wrote stories when I was younger. And then they did sort of come out like plays accidentally I guess my parents parents sort of took us to the panto when I was quite little and that was just the most thrilling <laughs> thing and I wrote a panto when I was about seven or eight made my friends do it <laughs> which is horrible <laughs> and um and then yeah I just um and then I think you know my we didn't we lived in quite a small town but that didn't really have theatre or anything but my mum was really great at kind of like seeing seeing that that was that was something that I loved and so so would take us um and then yeah when I was 16 I, I did work experience at the Royal Court Theatre in London which was really I mean like I wrote them several begging letters um and and then they kind of let me come for a week and that was a huge kind of game changer really because I just I read all these plays by writers that I'd never heard of before and um and 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 then from then on I think that was like okay that's that's what I want to do so I yeah it was it, it's sort of always what I wanted to do. Do you remember the playwrights that sort of inspired you when you were growing up? Yeah I mean so after that week it was you know it was Sarah Kane it was um you know sort of Martin Crimp it was I remember um I mean it was you know I hadn't read um like Beckett or you know so that those were kind of early influences and Carol Churchill and then Debbie Tucker Green and just I you know became really sort of addicted to reading reading those kind of plays. And then what was your first break then as a playwright? Um I mean it was it it, it felt like that, you know, it felt like I'd made up my mind quite quickly and, and, then, uh, and then it took a little bit longer. I, I was really lucky to do the, the Young Writers Programme at the Royal Court, but I did it before it was, you know, like now I know it's like really hard to get onto and you have to kind of submit a, 
a play and lots of people I know it takes several kind of goes where whereas when I applied to do it you sort of sent in your 25 pound check at the same time because you were kind of guaranteed a spot so I did that while I was at university I went to university in Exeter and I spent all my student loan coming back and forth to London um doing that group and then um you know wrote a play at university that I had lots of cups of tea on you know like I sort of my tutor sent it to David Eldridge who's a playwright and he and he was really kind and uh, gave me lots of sort of advice and I got an agent um but nothing happened you know like I was I had done a group with Polly Stenham who's a brilliant playwright who had written a play age 19 and it had gone on and was you know a great big big hit um and I think I was like right so that'll be that's how you do it and and, and it didn't didn't happen so I, I sort of had um you know wrote lots of short plays that were on in you know pub theatres and you know sort of yeah, did did that for, for what felt like quite a long time. And then I wrote a play called Many Moons, which was on a, a theatre above a pub, which which did okay and it was published. And but I had, you know, other jobs and was sort of writing in between waitressing shifts and nannying. And um and I guess there was a, a shift. I wrote a play for the RSC, um, which was called Revolt, she said Revolt Again. And and I think that one sort of just got a little bit more attention and so I had some meetings from that and then I met through that play I, I sort of met the director Will Oldroyd who said you know he, he, he was a filmmaker and he wanted to make his first feature and I wasn't really interested in film I sort of hadn't really you know I, I really loved watching films and but just felt like it was this whole other it was sort of like being like and now why don't you come and sort of be a scientist you know it just felt like a whole other um skill set and and um so I I think I was a bit not sure but I really liked him and and found him really inspiring and thought we could you know and, and he'd made some really interesting strange beautiful short films um and um yeah we sort of hung out a bit and then I I had read this book at university which is one of maybe only three times I've had this where I thought, oh, I think this would make a great film. And that book was um, uh, Lady Macbeth at Matensk, which is this Russian novella by Nikolai Leskov. And I, I gave it to Will and he really loved it. So we began that process through eye features. Um, yeah, so, so sort of went through that whole scheme and, um, and, um, and ended up making that film, which was a really brilliant experience. And like, what's the difference, do you think, from writing a play, you know, for, for the stage versus, you know, your debut um, feature film? Yeah, I mean, I was so lucky on Lady Macbeth because we didn't, I, we really, I mean, we had lots of support and I features, you know, that scheme, they really sort of nurture you and and give you sort of lessons and everything. And, and so that was great. So I really sort of felt like I was getting, you know, lots of lots of support because it, it quite, felt quite daunting to write a film script. You know, I didn't like even Final Draft is like, yeah. it's, it's quite a thing to kind of grapple with. I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure out the form. In fact, I wrote it like a play script for a long time until they were like, no, you have to, have to do it in Final Draft at some point. So, um, and it was, I hadn't done an adaptation on, on stage either at that point and, and um and 
and so it just it felt like a whole kind of different thing I mean theatre certainly in this country theatre's really I have found um broadly speaking to be to be sort of the writer is really it's it's you know it's, it's all about your voice and and sort of um and and you can I, I suppose feel like the primary author and, and creator in that sense whereas of film and tv it's it's it has felt slightly different um at, at various points so but in terms of the writing essentially it's still the same thing I still feel like it's me on my own trying to like pull something from me uh, you know usually in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah and then did you miss that did, did you miss that sort of autonomy you know that you described when you're a playwright versus when you're collaborating in such a different way on on a film I mean I, I I like to work on more than one thing at the same time so I think I, I think I do sort of need to feel like I that like those different muscles are being used and and that you know maybe <laughs> maybe I can you know my ego can be <laughs> fed more in in theatre and and then but I you know when you're working with the right people I find that kind of collaboration really brilliant I, I sort of found with Lady Macbeth that I wanted to write a really robust map for Will so that when he was on set he could he had something that felt very like I you know I did all the sort of character work that I would normally do and and sort of and and just be really rigorous and um and just make sure that there was a real sort of a really strong foundation for him to stand on so that those conversations that sometimes happen on set with an actor you know where they want to try a different line or, or suddenly they have a different idea or the, or the shot does something else or it's raining that day whatever it is that you can sort of be a bit more you know if you if you've done all that groundwork then then hopefully you're you've you sort of have the freedom to to do what's needed on the on the day in that moment but I yeah I mean it's also I, th I think it's just it is really lovely <laughs> to kind of hand something over as well to somebody else that you trust and feel inspired by it was hmm. yeah that film was gorgeous it felt like such a beautiful character study and I thought Florence Pugh you know it was just captivating in that film yeah um so you you know you could definitely see your character work and all that kind of thing that she could just run with it was it was stunning and you're working with her again on the wonder yeah, yeah. um so so and it's another adaptation yeah what can you tell us about that project yeah that was um that that when I came on very late so it was quite quite a different process um Sebastian Lelio who's directed it I you know I'd seen lots of his work and and we'd met and I really I think he's wonderful and such a brilliant artist and um, and there was a script that Emma Donoghue, who wrote the book, had had done a really beautiful draft of, and um, and then they just had some things that they wanted to to try. So um, I sort of took a took a pass with Sebastian's notes, and um, and so that's a quite a different experience to to, to you know sort of being being the kind of original hmm. writer on something. Um, but again, requires everyone to kind of be really generous and collaborative and open and um, which everyone was. Um, and then they, yeah, they shot that last year. And it's, um, yeah, I just watched the, watched the cut the other week. It's, and she is, Florence again is beautiful, she's brilliant. And Ari who shot it, who also shot Lady Macbeth is, has done an amazing job. It's really cinematic and um, it's this kind of folk horror. It's, um, 
yes, it was great. It was a real, it was, it, I felt very lucky to get to be part of, part of that one. And now going on to your TV work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think your first TV experience was working as the story editor on Succession. Um, can you talk a little bit about that time um, in the writer's room? And I wonder if you draw on some of those kind of lessons that you absorbed in that room when you're writing your own TV shows now. For sure. Yeah, that was, I mean, I was such a fan of, so I worked on the second series and um, and just thought the first series was like, incredible and just loved it and I had met Jesse a, a few years before and um and Jesse Armstrong who, who who's the creator and um show runner and um he yeah just asked if I'd like to come and be in the room and I had never been in a writer's room before it's sort of you know I think I think there's loads more now in this country but it's sort of you know it feels like such an American tradition and I was really I had sort of started just was just starting kind of work on my own show that I was you know going to be showrunner on so I sort of thought well this would be such a wonderful opportunity to come and kind of see what that's like and um, and be be in someone else's process um and succession is you know the writer's room is is really it goes on for a really long time which is a real luxury um and um but I think you can just feel it in the show those characters are so you know you could we spend like such a long time talking about how long how long are you talking like months months yeah yeah they had already done some work in the summer some other writers and sort of like on the broader kind of plot arc and then and then you know you spend a week on each episode and then you go back again and and it just it I mean there is of course there's pressure and by the end of it you're still feeling like there's a lot of pressure but you do also really feel like you have time to kind of talk about Mm. It's incredible, and there's so much <laughs> in that show that never makes it onto screen in a in a like explicit way, but it's just so baked into those characters, and he knows, you know, their whole history and everything that they've ever said to each other, and you know, it's sort of, and I think you can really feel that. So it just, it felt like, I mean, it was it was such a thrill to be in that room, and a, and it's very funny, you know, like you know, the sort of. Um, and um yeah I, I mean I just I absolutely stole like all of his training <laughs> I sort of just I really took it as a real opportunity to learn and he's incredibly generous about about that it sounds like a really fun place to sort of just come up with storylines and yeah. be fertile in terms of the kind of material and also like the intimacy of a writer's room you know to get that sort of chemistry right with people in the room it's a real skill Um, and you can feel it I think as an audience member when when I'm watching it as an audience I'm thinking that's everybody's conversations kind of rolled into a a line yeah totally yeah right I yeah I'm glad that you feel that I I agree I do too and and again I mean it's it's so rigorous because every day in that show you sort of feel like like what well, that you know you've you've said so many lines or not maybe, but like the, the so many brilliant lines or ideas have been have been said or explored and but you go around again and again and again like it's he's so sort of detailed and thoughtful and um and there are so many different experts that they kind of draw you know to to kind of get it to 
I mean, it feels like I really believe in those people and it's a really hard world to kind of crack. So yeah, it's great fun. <laughs> and so then when, when you went on to adapt normal people and obviously that's that was a phenomenal success I loved it um were you so how did that come up come up were you a fan of Sally's work um and was it a daunting prospect to adapt this source material yes 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 and yes yes <laughs> um uh yeah I had read the book um when it came out I'd sort of I'd um I'd read it really quickly I um I was and I was really, I had quite a young child at the time who wasn't really sleeping. And I really remember sort of like sitting on his bedroom floor, reading, just reading it, even though I should have been asleep because um, he was finally asleep. And um, uh, yeah, I just, it felt like such an emotional experience to read. I, I sort of hoovered it and it was really compelling. And I fell in love with those characters and, you know, it's such a, she's such an elegant writer. And I, I think I, I think this is the only time I've done this. So I emailed my agent straight away and I was like, what's happening? Who's doing this? Can I be, you know, like, can is, I would love to, to work on this. Is there any kind of way? And, and then he said, oh, it's, you know, it's uh, Lenny Abramson's doing it. And um, it's with Rose Garnet, BBC and, um, and, and Sally Rooney is, is writing it. And I was just like, okay, well, that's, I'm just going to wait. That sounds heaven. Um, and then a few months later, they got in touch because Sally had written the first six and done the most beautiful job. Like, you know, that I read those scripts and they were just in, you know, the dialogue was just beautiful and it was really like the experience of reading the book. Um, but I think she wanted to work on her next book and was in the middle of this press, you know, tour for because of course, normal people, the book was just the most phenomenal um, success. So they asked if I would come and come and kind of work work on it. So I uh, I co-wrote. I did the next pass on the on the first six, but we you know we kept working together. And then I d- I did the next four and the last one. Um, so I mean, it was such a I was I was quite busy when that when they called, but I just was like, yeah, of course like would love to do this it's such a it was a dream dream job um and yes incredible I mean was it it was it was daunting when I if I would let myself think about what it was but I I I think I'm quite a compartmentalizer and I do tend to forget that there's going to be an audience or that or that anyone else has read that book I tried really hard to just remember how I felt when I read it Mm -hmm. and and to just I think um as soon as I start to think about an audience for anything I I tend to that tends to stop me writing particularly Mm -hmm. the first draft so yeah I kept my head down (laughs) focused on that and then how was it with Sally um still across the project um what what was that like yeah I mean Great. She's very, I mean, she was really, I mean, it's incredibly impressive, really. She sort of, I think she, I think every, I mean, I think it was really helped by the whole team was, was brilliant. And, and everyone sort of got what it needed to be. Every, you know, that that's quite unusual, I think. And you only kind of realise it in retrospect, looking back, but everybody was sort of focused, looking in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she, 
again was really generous and, and I think understood that for it to be a, t a, a, seat, a series and exist on screen it, it it needed to change shape slightly or some things would need to shift and she was very open to that but again very rigorous and I mean we had <laughs> she sort of I think noticed which I hadn't realized that I I use adverbs in a particular way or something like that and it was so we often had conversations about quite a detailed quite, you know quite like micro just about the language and that's my favorite kind of conversation. Really fun to yeah. work with another writer in that way I think. Yeah yeah so we we but you know most of the communication was kind of draft to draft you know it was sort of like and when I I went I went um there and she she gave me a bit of a tour of the city and kind of pointed out places where she thought oh that's where they have that conversation oh that's that shop and that was I mean that was like that was very cool so yeah she was were very on, were you on set or were you needed to be on set for that no you you, you just no I was um I was quite pregnant when they were filming it and um was was doing an, another job by them but they they yeah they sort of kept me in touch and I was at the read-throughs and um and and then there were some things that needed to shift and, and you know and when you have actors as well who are working on a project for such a long time Paul and Daisy you know were were brilliant and sometimes had ideas about you know a scene or something coming up or that they that they wanted to talk about and so the script would need to, to change if you know yeah to those conversations but it really I mean it was a very lovely job it was quite yeah it was a happy a happy one um, and I suppose, you know, with a big production and lots of moving parts and, you know, heads of departments and cast and it's such a machine. Yeah. How do you, um, how do you handle the pressure that you're under as a writer? And, and with that, do deadlines help? Do you like deadlines? Um, I, I definitely like them because it just helps structure my life, but how do you deal with that kind of pressure? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure other people, people I live with might say otherwise. I think I'm, I, I do tend to, I am, I, you know, when you're doing a first draft and it, for, for me, I, it's quite, it's quite painful often. I don't sort of enjoy it. I find it quite, that's the moment of pressure, but it's always about me and the thing that I'm grappling with. It's, this, it's me and the script. I, I do tend to be quite good at shutting out the idea that it still is sort of, is playing pretend or like you know talking to made up people and it's in the first draft and so the that can feel stressful and pressure because because it but but it's all about the relation my relationship to those made up people and like getting to the to the end of that episode and sort of you know sort of figuring figuring that out or getting the like you know I'm quite specific in the language I sort of feel quite strongly about the rhythm and and you know what it needs to be and then and then you sort of slowly allow other voices in I think and and as as you need to and and um but the notes were always like genuinely like very clear which helps and and you really and and so you know I think writers have pretty good guts and pretty good instincts you sometimes get some notes back that are like you just feel not not sure about or like you don't you know they don't feel clear or it's not that's you know that that's not going to get you to where you need to be 
and it's really hard to to figure out how to how to navigate that I think particularly when you're starting out as a young writer but on this process it was I did feel that because we were all we could see the thing in the distance yeah it was, it was sort of slowly taking shape and I think that you know it sort of felt like everybody was pretty aligned on on, on what it needed to be so everybody was kind of focused you know so it did feel like all the everything was kind of helping helping us get there and in terms of deadlines yes deadlines are essential right like otherwise I wouldn't have written anything ever um and I I think I'm I think I'm okay at getting them I'm probably normally a day or two late every time but yeah <laughs> um I feel like there's a theme in terms of like your collaborators because you've spoken about you know, you're working with the people that were behind Lady Macbeth on The Wonder, and you're working with the, some of the same collaborators on um, Conversations with Friends. Yeah. So I wonder what that's like adapting another Sally um, novel. And uh, because of the shorthand that you developed, you know, previously, um, how how is that going on to another project? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think not necessarily consciously but somewhere I, th I think you know choosing to work with the same group of people it, because you've had a great experience there like that that definitely was a factor I I mean and, and conversations with friends is a is it's it's quite a different book obviously it's the same you know it's, it's it feels of the same world and and it's of course it's Sally so the language is the same and, and some of the rhythms but in terms of moving it to screen, it was it was much trickier. I found it, and I think probably the the success of normal people, or that you know that that was a loved thing for lots of people at a very particular time in the world, was that was probably something I was slightly more conscious of when we were just because that was just in everybody's conversation a bit a bit more as we were making it. So it's um, but it feels very different to me like when I you know have watched the cuts as well I think it's like it, it, it's it's quite a different thing but it was I it was harder than, than normal people probably in in a few ways is that is that because of the pressure because normal people was a complete phenomenon you know the book and the show and there aren't that many examples where two different sort of cousins of the same source material are so loved yeah. so um was that sort of on your mind yeah probably more than I have ever you know because I hadn't had anything like that before you know succession is is really loved and, and a sort of wonderful thing but it's it's so not you know I had a really really small part in it and, and was just so such a fan and kind of happy to be be there but um but this was yeah so, so the pressure was yeah, definitely. I was sort of more more conscious of those things for sure when we were when we were making it, and it just you know. But we were always like, but it's just it's really different, and they're really different yeah. people, and it's it's not the same story. It's 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 quite a different it's quite a different story. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I like what you said earlier, where it was just like you, you can't you kind of have to shut out that noise when you're writing something and just write it for yourself initially. Um, yeah, definitely, and but there were more writers involved this time round. Right. So again, so that's a slightly different thing, you know. So were you showrun? Would you say you were the showrunner? No, okay. So the 
no, 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 very much not. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, um, you know, that Lenny was really sort of leading things, and 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 the producers, and you know, like people who are really sort of there, who've been there every single day and worked across every single episode. And it was, um, but it's quite different to write, you know, write wrote the first episode, and and then I've written the last three. So it's there was this bit in the middle that you know is quite unfamiliar. Yeah in the way that normal people that just wasn't my experience at all because I was across all of it really. And so can you go through your process of adapting a novel? How do you identify something to adapt? Um, So I know normal people caught your eye because you were a reader of it, a genuine fan. Um, So yeah, is that how how it, it comes about quite naturally for you? No, it's, it's different every time and, um, I mean, I, I suppose first, yeah, I, I sort of felt lucky in a really lucky, incredibly fortunate position where people will send me books or articles or, you know, things to 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 read or or even, you know, I've just done this, just finishing this TV show that's an adaptation of a film from the 80s. So it's, you know, it's, um, I think it's, again, it's just back to those, the guts, the like instincts you know, read something and it might not be, this is the best thing ever written or, or, or it's, but it's, but there's something about it. I just, I just sort of feel like I know I can see it. There's a reason to adapt it. I understand that, you know, it will, that it will kind of, as it transitions, it will, it, it makes sense that it needs, it could, it could exist in a new form, in a new medium on a screen, whether it's a film or a, or a TV um, series. And it's it's really, really different every time. It's often about a character and like, you know, do, do I feel compelled and excited to spend a lot of time <laughs> with these people and, um, and tell these stories? And, and just, does it feel cinematic or does it feel compelling or, or does it feel funny or does this feel like something I haven't seen before like something that I suppose is is this something that can like really hold my interest and something that I can kind of fall in love with and grapple with for like maybe years because sometimes it's years often it's years um and then I mean (laughs) I didn't do this with normal people so maybe I shouldn't do it because because that won't work but I do tend to if it's a book I tend to write it out by hand that's always like the first thing I'll do purely because that's like a really practical thing to do and often my first feeling after having said yes to something or day one on a new project is a bit like oh god what what should what should I do I've forgotten what my job is and and so to have quite a practical task um I find really helpful and I think it also there's something about that process that means I probably I've I'll definitely find things that I missed on the first or second read always yeah and I think it gives me a kind of like you have to find a way to take ownership over it, and and that sometimes is helpful because psychologically maybe I'm pretending <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah, because then you're seeing your own handwriting reflected back at you, and yeah. you you're right. You know, it, it is a different. You have to take ownership of it then. Yeah. And you can't be beholden to what that brilliant novelist has put together. No. You're a brilliant screenwriter who's going to make it into something else. Yeah, I think you have, yeah, you have to feel confident about it and you have to, you have to 
and it and it can sort of sometimes sometimes you know if you're in a rhythm then then there is a weird kind of subconscious thing sort of takes over as well and and, yeah. and and I tend to get ideas and and it just I mean I do I, yeah I sort of I it's something that I have found helpful in the past so have you got a favorite piece of work that you'd love to adapt for the screen that you could share <laughs> Ooh, that's such a good question I, d I don't think so I mean like I said I think that's only happened a couple of times um uh and there's something else I, I have tried to adapt in it if there is a script it just sort of hasn't hasn't sort of found a proper home yet so I I might not jinx exciting. it yeah don't jinx it that's exciting um I'd love to talk about what a writing day looks like for you um so what's a typical day like when you're working what's your space like um what do you need around you to work yeah and it's I think it's there are some things that have really changed some things that have really changed and some things that have remained pretty much the same I'm not I don't I think it's wonderful when writers have and I think it's really important to say that when 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 there is a rhythm or, or a process or, or, or I know lots of writers, you know, you have to sort of have, you know, it start the day starts at nine and you do this and then you do this and then you do this and, or you have to hit 5,000 words or whatever it is. And I think, I think those are great. I'm, um, I've never been able to kind of find a grown up way of doing it. And I, I think that's probably <laughs> something uh, that, I don't, well, I think I get a bit paranoid that that might kill it for me if I <laughs> if it looks too much like a proper job. Um, I write like when I'm writing scripts or um, plays or whatever. I I tend to do the best work or the most of it at night. Mm. So I'll do a you know when it's coming up to a deadline, I'll I'll do a series of all nighters and and you know sort of start when the kids have gone to bed and I've exhausted the internet or whatever I'll I have a thing on my computer that disables the internet um and and you know if it's going well then you know two three four five in the morning and 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 because there's something about it that I think feels quite private that time of day I feel quite far away from the idea that anyone's going to see it or read it so I feel like I can be a bit braver um and 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 also I think since having kids I think it's sort of yeah it kind of gets me a, a bit further away from them sometimes which is sometimes necessary and more and more in the daytime I mean it's I have I'm not very good about um I'm try, trying to be a bit better about about kind of like preserving the time that I need but it'll be meetings or writers rooms or um, maybe reading, research, the slightly more kind of um, practical work. Yeah, also balancing family life as well yeah. and a life outside of work, which sounds like it's obviously very important to you um, as it should be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, the, my kids are quite little, so that's still, yeah, like obviously a, a, a thing. Um, and I have I have an office, um, which is a new, a really new, like I've had that for only I sort of got that when I when I started show running for this thing that's just just finished filming um that sort of was part of the the, the deal was was getting like this and that's um sometimes I really like it and but often I still think I do most of my writing at the kitchen table um 
And what are your typical frustrations with, with writing? And, and do you ever feel lonely? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, typical frustrations. I mean, I, I think I think there's sort of external ones and internal ones, aren't there? There's sort of, you know, the the bad nights or the sort of or the, you know, the kind of ones that are more to do with other people or process or, you know money or you know just not not kind of having the right collaborators for that project um and and I I guess I mean when I was starting out I feel like it was I mean I felt so impatient I felt so you know like I wanted to write something and get feedback immediately and and get better and get better and, and I was sort of quite um relentless about, about that um in a way that I'm sure was probably a bit difficult. <laughs> um, but internally, I mean, sometimes it just, I mean, I sort of feel like it's it just that transition to what, from what's up here to like what comes on the page. There's something about that that's, that is always hard. It's yeah. all like the potential for it is absolutely brilliant. I've got an idea up here right now and it's, I know it'd be brilliant, but then as soon as I try to get it, wrestle with it onto, onto the page, it's, something gets lost somehow. And, and it's, it's always kind of in pursuit of that, I guess. Um, but I do, like, I do sort of, again, it's that rewrite. And every time I do a new, new draft, um, until we're into kind of production drafts and this would make someone's job a nightmare, I write the whole thing out again. Like, you know, even if you've only got a note that's about scene 56, like write the whole thing out again, because you will, you need yeah. to be in control of the rhythm a bit. And, and, and I think that helps. Yeah. Yeah, to be so thorough and not just triage something necessarily. Yeah. Um, so how do you unlock your ideas then when you get stuck? That's a great question. Um I mean I I I I feel like I do it I I mean it's that's such a good question. I'm going to turn on my light because I'm rapidly turning into this spotlight thing. Just bear with me, but you carry on asking the question. It's been a really good scene change. Um, <laughs> my TV, my lights just decided to switch off earlier. So I'm back. Um, uh, I mean, I think there's different ways, different different tools for different kinds of different kinds of problems, right? Like sometimes you just need to like sometimes you just need to like walk away from it. You really sort of need to like turn it off like you know if you're in another job and business isn't doing well that day like shut up shop go go and like you know go and do something else like it's you know you're your 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 whole business and so it's sort of I think like being kind to yourself it's something I find hard but I think it's really great so important. Um, and particularly you know you know when you're starting out and that's so it's so it's hard it's really hard right you know I I take it really seriously. It really matters. It costs me a lot, and and therefore I think I think you have to figure out ways to be kind to yourself. Otherwise, it's just not it's not sustainable. Um, I think if you can have a good reader, if you have somebody who can read your work and who can be really honest with you, but also kind. <laughs> who, who's that person for you? I mean, it's different people on different projects, but I mean, like my partner is a theatre director, and he he like is, reads um everything and, and is and sort of knows my work really well and also knows me so knows when to be like it's excellent rather than yeah tomorrow he might tell me it's not so excellent yeah. um 
but you know hopefully on each project there'll be somebody you know you'll have a great script editor or you'll have a great script supervisor or a great producer or you know this thing I've just done like the the actor in it is she's that she's been that person for me and and that's that's been like wonderful so I th yeah I, th I think that really helps as well um and if you have different kind of writing exercises to do that maybe feel like they're slightly to the side you know I have a list of about 500 questions that I could ask a, a character and so if I'm really stuck with that scene then go off and do that for a bit because it's still work it, and it's I mean it's it's the bit that I find really fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so a lot of our audience, I think, will be, you know, emerging writers. And um, one of the sort of parts of our jobs, if you like, is dealing with notes and dealing with rejection. Yeah. So what advice would you have uh, for people that are, are listening? Yeah. I mean, again, I think that be kind to yourself. I think the thing is really important. Um, you know and 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 you do so like do trust that you that it gets better and and you know that you will develop more tools and be more equipped to kind of to deal with both of those things and that they happen in different ways you know they're sort of like I still turn in a draft and and get heaps of notes or or and or it feels like a rejection and you know you've got more work to do than you thought or um and it's still painful, but you, you sort of, I don't know, I, th I think it sort of feels more pragmatic as well. Um, I think, I mean, it is unfortunately part of it, the rejection and, and, and I do, you know, I suppose I, it's really easy for me to say this now, I appreciate, but I am forever grateful that that first play that I wrote on the Young Writers Programme did not have the experience that Polly Stenham had. It didn't go on immediately and have lots of people staring at it because I wasn't ready. And, and I got to like, I got to make mistakes in safer environments and I got to try things out and I got to like really find my voice in, in a whole kind of different, you know, I would say like find work really hard to find your community and like go and see as much stuff as possible and read as much as possible and like read stuff that you don't like and watch stuff that you don't like and also like you know think about it as like art like go and you know go and stand in a gallery and think about like look at a picture and think about your work being part of that like I think it's I, I think it's important to take it seriously whilst not taking yourself too seriously um and just keep, keep trying keep trying keep trying it's, it's hard um and just finally before I go to the audience Q&A's when you look back at your body of work is there a common theme that you can see in your own work um I'm sure I try not to look I find I, <laughs> I try not to look back at it too much just because it sort of becomes I sort of lose interest with the thing quite quickly I don't you know it's all about making it and then it exists and that's then I've articulated what I wanted to articulate and it's happened and now on to the next thing so I not very good at that bit of it but I know that I continue to be interested in female-centered stories mm. motherhood hope I think like hope being like somewhere somewhere in it which I think 
think um, other people don't feel, you know, it, it sort of tends to be um, a little bit darker from my work, I yeah. think. But, um, but I think hope is at the, you know, is at the middle of it somewhere. Thank you. Okay, so now I'm going to um, dive in with some of the audience Q&As. Um, okay, Maisie asks, have you always had confidence in knowing your voice or has it been an awkward challenge to find it? Yeah, really good question. Because I think the the voice thing is such a, it's so in, intangible, isn't it? It's sort of like, and it felt like that was what everybody talks about at the beginning. Well, that was my experience. It's like this, what's your voice and how do you find your voice? And I don't, I still sort of feel a bit like, oh, I don't know what that is. Um, and I definitely looking back though I just said I don't look back but looking back I would say that I was trying to be a different kind of writer at the beginning I was trying to be, write like other people I was trying to write something that I thought I'd and so I I think and though although this is still not very tangible there's something about truthfulness and authenticity like that that is I do know when I'm phoning it in or when it doesn't feel like honest or it doesn't feel right like it feels like somebody else's voice it feels like okay well I just watched that other show last week and that was like really sexy and exciting and cool and funny and so I should write like that but that's not what it is so but I would also say it, it like takes a while to find and then as soon as you found it I think it shifts into something else I think it's often for some for other people to talk about like your voice not not for you but but that I do think that there's something about truthfulness that again it's sort of back to your gut I think you I think you know when you when it feels like you're saying like you're pulling something from yourself that is authentic that is truthful mm. I think. and I guess the more you write the closer you get to your voice and yeah, yeah. Um, We've got a question here. What has been your greatest challenge as a writer? What inspired you to become a writer and why? Greatest challenge. Um, oh gosh. I mean, they all that everything, everything feels like a challenge. Like yeah, I mean again, that's a bit of a cop-out of an answer. I I can't think of, you know, Lady Macbeth in some ways was the biggest challenge but then there have been plays that you know the first play that went on in front of you know six people or something felt just like just as big a challenge um I think honestly this tv show I think that I've just finished filming that's my Dead Ringers. Ringers. Dead Ringers. yeah which is for Amazon um it's based on a Cronenberg film that's my first time show running. So I'm putting like, so I'm producing and I'm like making decisions about, you know, like everything. Yeah. And, um, that's been a huge challenge. Yeah, that's been like the best and the worst thing every day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, and to kind of like, also, I think just to, throughout that, to try and, for me to try and remember that the writing and, and the, that that's that's the, still the bit that I feel like that's my most important job and, and to kind of, um, yeah, stay with that. Uh, what inspired me? I mean, so many things, I think, you know, lots of plays and playwrights and um, but poets and novels. And, you know, I, I sort of think it's important to read and see things all yeah. outside your comfort zone as well. 
Um, Holly Franklin asks, um, hi there, Alice. Having worked as a story editor on Succession, how beneficial do you think story and script editing can be for young writers? Yeah, I mean, it's a funny title, isn't it? I don't, I think that was, honestly, I think that was something that was, a, a you know, that's sort of something that is in a list of credits you can have. And, you know, I, I don't know that I story edited <laughs> Uh, that series of succession so and certainly having worked with brilliant story editors and and you, that's uh, I, yeah I sort of feel a bit like a fraud <laughs> taking that um uh what was the question again I've lost it sorry it was I got um do you think it's beneficial um how beneficial do you think story and script editing can be to for young writers I suppose there's two different ways to answer that for young writers to do themselves as jobs. I think, I think, you know, if you're trying to get into film and TV, I, th I think like being in a writer's room, you know, and whether that's as a writer's assistant or a staff writer or like anything like that, like all of that is hugely beneficial. And you know, particularly if you're lucky enough to be in a position where you think like the show or like the showrunner or like the other writers working on it, like there will always be good things that you can get from that experience. And then, having been in a process where you're working with script editors. I mean, like really such a hard job, um, but being able to, being able to like take all the notes that you're getting and, and for that person to be able to really work with you to help you figure them out and, and filter out the ones that feel right or the ones that are gonna help you get to the thing that you wanna make. Like they're just, I mean, it's such a hard job and they're brilliant. Thank you. Olivia asks, um, who, where was the question? Um, oh, whose career inspires you and why? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Carol Churchill, like, is my, I mean, I think she's brilliant. I think she's, you know, she's written across so many, you know, written in so many different forms and, and sort of, and she's in, invented forms very quietly the whole way through her career and um and she continues to and 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 her work is sort of funny and moving and theatrical and brilliant and singular and 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 she's she's a playwright you know she sort of doesn't she writes radio plays as well but she doesn't write film she doesn't write tv and I sort of that I really admire and kind of envy that focus and singularity and commitment to storytelling I think she's amazing and then there you know there are so many people in film and tv who who I think are brilliant yeah do you always have a sort of play and a screenplay on at the same time I know you said earlier that you like a few projects to work on so having wrapped on dead ringers are you itching to get a play on stage I'd love to write a play yeah there's there's a play I'm like half I've been halfway through for you know a good six months um and we're in post on dead ringers so that will keep going for a while and I'm doing some rewrites on some films and um and and I'm starting a new tv thing so yeah I sort of feel I feel like I need to be quite like have lots of different things which is probably in answer to one of your earlier questions you know I I find it quite helpful if I'm really struggling on one project to jump over to a different one because you know that's that's yeah I can feel like a relief um Anna Antwi asks how do you grow confidence with pitching um, I struggle uh, due to social anxiety. Oh, I'm yeah, really sorry to hear that. And totally, yeah, it's 
I don't think writers are supposed to pitch. It's it's sort of mad to me that that you know it's such a private thing, really. Like you know, you you write on your own probably, or or, or like as in a space that you can make as much your own as possible. I think writers, you know, like funny creatures, you sort of really need to make your space and get everything just right. And and it's such a brave thing to like sit down and write, let alone the pitching. Pitching is, you know, it's 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 really hard, and I and my really the thing that I always hope is that is that good producers and and people who are running studios and networks and streamers and all the rest of it that they should know that that they're meeting somebody who's like I, you shouldn't care if that the the best the thing I often say at the top of a meeting if I'm feeling a little bit anxious is that the script or the written document or the treatment, whatever you need me to do, will be the best articulation of the idea, not mm. this now. Because that's if I if I were brilliantly able to talk about it, then sure. But like instead, let me write you a pitch document, let me write you a, a script. And and as soon as you're able to have work with people who can really help you say that loudly on your behalf as well, producers, agents, whoever mates like whoever you can get in your corner yeah. like that do that 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 but and until then until you have those people like practice as much as you can and like to, and at the top if you say I do so I understand it's a really difficult thing to say but I do feel that if you say I find this quite difficult or like I find this this quite anxiety inducing then I think and just like then I I think most people yeah. And certainly most people you should want to work with or who should be so lucky to work with you should should listen to that and, and therefore sit back and, and give you some time. But it's hard. Um, we have a question here. Uh, what TV drama have you watched recently and really loved and why? Well, that's a really good question. I couldn't watch like almost anything <laughs> while we were filming. I found it really hard because it just made me panic that oh this show should be more like this so actually I watched Succession really late like only a few months ago and of course thought that was wonderful um what else I mean every, all of my things are really really old like I I watched The Deuce quite recently and thought that was brilliant I was very late to the party with White Lotus I loved that, Love um, that. like yeah so nothing nothing groundbreaking I mean, and, and still, I May Destroy You was like, of course, the best thing I've seen in my entire life. And I think about that show every day. So that one too. Um, Daryl Foster asks, hi, Alice, you mentioned having 500 questions you can ask your characters. What are your top three questions? Um, and can you recommend uh, questions you can recommend for a new writer to have in their toolbox? Yeah. Hi. Um, I think like a good examples are like things that put you in a different state so it would be things like um like uh like what's your um like remember your first kiss what was it like describe it so ones that are really to do with history and then it would be something like put your hand in your pocket pull pull it out look at your hand what's there and then it would be things that are instructive like say a swear word now some characters would say what's a swear word some characters will swear immediately some would or like what shoes did you wear to your father's funeral mm. uh like things that put them put your characters in really really different spaces 
do you know who Miley Cyrus is? Do you believe in God? Like, how much, how do you make your money? Loads and loads of different ones that kind of put them in really, really different situations. Love those. Um, we have a question from Elam who asks, how do your treatments look? Uh, what do you include in your pitch docs? Yeah, I mean, treatments are sort of the worst documents to write, I think. Again, and again, sort of in terms of when you're writing a script, and I think playwrights particularly feel this, there's a, there's a discovery that can happen in a script. You, you might just start writing and then you learn something about your characters through writing dialogue that I think sometimes a pitch or treatment can feel like that's going to kill because it doesn't give you that space to do that. You have to make decisions up top before you've really let your characters speak. So they're really tricky documents um I like put in a lot of images in mine more and more um because I sort of feel like that's that but like, I find that really helpful and I think sometimes it's it's makes them easier to read and more interesting to read um and um I mean the thing that they say about pitch documents and treatments is that they should be within the tone of what it is so if you're writing comedy if it can feel funny without that feeling like you're just inserting some gags like that's that's the gold star but again I think they take practice and, and a lot of um and I do try to get to script as quickly as I can rather than writing outlines for every episode or something but that's not always allowed and a really quick final question um Mina asks is structure your starting point or characters Ooh. I mean different for different things form for me is the thing which is that really woolly, strange, hard to grapple with word, but I guess like what shape is it in? Because that has meaning. So, you know, is it, um, is it gonna go backwards or is it gonna, you know, is it gonna be linear? Is it gonna be like, um, is it gonna feel like it starts like a horror film and then you're gonna subvert it somehow? Or, so I think um, like, how can I align form and content like most, most um that that feels like always the thing I'm starting with to be honest but I would say character comes more quickly than structure probably though ideally everything's working in sync and it all arrives perfectly formed <laughs> on that note thank you so much Alice for your time and for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us and thanks to the audience for your questions make sure to check out the rest of the Guru Live program running throughout the week we hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please do join the conversation on BAFTA Scotland social channels. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you can listen to previous BAFTA sessions and podcasts at guru.bafta.org.